Well, hello, everyone. Um, thank you for checking out our podcast, Check Out MPL. I am here with Heather Hansen today. She has created a um, beautiful monarch mosaic for our story gardens. So I wanted to bring her um, on board and kind of talk about um, her, herself and pottery and the mosaic and creating that for the library. So Heather, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um... My name is Heather Hansen, and maybe some of the listeners might formally know me as Heather Menz. Um, I went to school in Milton, and I went to school there from first through 12th. Um, I lived in the Harmony Township area and rode the bus to school every day, so I know a lot of people from that area, um, but Milton was my home. Yep. Loved going to school there. Yeah, I graduated in 2004, and you graduated, you graduated with my sister, actually. Cool. Same year. Yeah, so that was really that was fun, fun that I was able to find you and that you have ties to Melton. I think that is a little special, little extra special thing for you yeah. creating this for us. Definitely. So um, you have a business called Pottery by Five. Um, when and why did you start that or create that business? So it officially became a business in January of 2015. Um, it actually started more as a hobby, probably about a year prior to that. Um, I took a refresher class at the Beloit Incubator, which is now Beloit Art Center. Okay. And uh, my teacher was Susan Swedlin. And I think she's still there teaching classes. So if anybody's interested, shout out to her. Um, <laughs> but I, I went to her open class where we just kind of uh, made a few things and I just took off running. Yeah. So I remembered a lot about throwing on the wheel and um, that was my favorite part of it. So I did a lot of that uh, practicing and I ended up renting a studio there, which turned into a business okay. because I just was making so much that I'm like, I couldn't even give it away. I'm just yeah. like, I need to start selling it because I have so much of it. And That's awesome. I have a few ties with uh, Whitewater. I started doing the Whitewater City Market for a little bit and then um, got situated at home. So I have a home studio and I just primarily work here now. Okay. Um, what does the um, name Pottery by Five mean? It has to do with mostly my initials. So when I first was signing work, um, HH looks like the, the hash tags or the, okay. hash, marks, the okay. hash marks. So it started with that. And then I was doing all my work before five o'clock because my husband would get home at five, we'd have dinner and spend time with the kids. And then that was it. And then it was like next day, same, same thing. I would do pottery during the day. Um, and one other kind of point was I was firing at these cone five temperatures. And so it was just like this number five kept coming back to me. And I just thought it was a perfect name for my business. Yeah, that's awesome. And I noticed on the Monarch that you have a little hash mark five. On yeah. there. You put that on all your big pieces or your small pieces as well? Or I try to like remember. I try yeah. to remember to sign all my work. And that is my signature. So I sign just a little hand cut tile and put it on there. So all the big ones do have it. And I try to kind of make it inconspicuous so it's not standing out from the piece. That's awesome. Um, 
So kind of back to school, you mentioned in your Facebook post about the Monarch that you learned ceramics while a student here in Melton. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about that? Like, what do you remember about creating with clay or the art class? Any teachers that really stood out to you? Yes. So when I went to Melton, I took every single art class that they had available. Um, I don't remember a lot of the teachers, but I do remember Mrs. Parker. Mm -hmm. She was my favorite teacher in art, and she was also the one that taught me ceramics. Um, some of the projects we made, I actually still have today, which is kind of cool because they're hideous and yeah, they look nothing I, like my work, but it's, it's you got to start somewhere. Oh yeah, I have so. a lot of my clay stuff from like gr grade school and everything. I'm sure that everybody made the same thing. Yeah. 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 I had a bowl and a little pitcher and yeah. just some little knickknacks that I made for, for my room. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, what is your favorite thing to make? Pretty much anything on the wheel. Um, I, I really enjoy throwing. So um, my favorite thing that I've been making recently are these hanging planters. Okay. And I throw them upside down. And then I close, so I go all the way down through the bottom. So there's no bottom at all. Mm -hmm. I go all the way down to the bat and pull it up as far as I can get it. And then kind of um, work on different shapes. And then I close the top. Okay. So then uh, once it dries, I flip it over and I have this little planter that I just poke holes in and I hang it from the ceiling. Awesome. And they're, they're one of my number one sellers too. Okay. Um, what is your least favorite thing to make or something that you kind of struggle with, but you still try to do it? <laughs> <laughs> um, it it's, this is probably the answer that most potters will tell you, um, unless they're crazy, but the handle of a mug is the hardest uh, to master. Okay. I've made lots of mugs and I am very picky about my handles and I'm still trying to master that skill, mm -hmm. but I've, I'm comfortable with the way I'm making them now. So I've tried all different kinds of techniques and I kind of have what I think is going to be my typical handle. Mm -hmm. I might still try other things, but they are a pain. <laughs> <laughs> do you kind of like learn on your own by yourself or do you like reference YouTube videos or you kind of just play around with it, see what happens? A little bit of all of the above. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing is just playing with the clay and seeing what it does and kind of going with whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Um, the other thing I like to do is I follow a lot of people on Instagram, um, which right now I'm trying to share 10 different photos in 10 different, in 10 days. Okay. Um, shout out to other potters and how their work inspires me. So that's, awesome. that's probably yeah. where I get a lot of my ideas to try different things. Yeah. Instagram is a good place for to get inspiration or to see other artists and people who craft. They, because yeah. <laughs> obviously it's a very visual space. Definitely. Um, is there anything that you haven't done, but you want to try? Yeah. Um, I need to find somebody that does wood firing because I don't have any ties to anybody who does wood firing in the area. Okay. So if anybody's listening, call me. Look <laughs> <laughs> um, up on Facebook, Pottery by Five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've tried in my backyard and it just doesn't work. It doesn't get to high enough temperatures to keep anything. So. Yeah. 
I need somebody to to help me with that and to be able to use a kiln that gets up to these really high temperatures to be able to fire some work and yeah just see what happens I want to experiment with that yeah um curious do you have your own kiln I do I have a kiln um it's a, a electric kiln and it does fire up to cone 10 temperatures but I fire about 2200 degrees which is a cone six okay that's right I've always we have a maker space here at the library and it's always been my dream to have a kiln <laughs> in our maker space but I know they're probably pretty expensive and ventilation and all that fun stuff yeah it is it is something the ventilation part of it is if you have any outdoor space that you can have it in a garage or something that you can open that's yeah. your best bet yeah is it like uh does it take a lot of space so I know like I remember the ones from school they were like pretty hefty ones yeah the one that I have is probably um, about three to four feet wide okay. with the fire brick and hinges and everything. Okay. Um, so you do need to have some floor space and have it to be like, I think it's 18 inches away from any wall, maybe even further because I have paint that's chipping <laughs> by my walls because it's oh. just so hot. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. That's awesome. That's great that you have one. Um, so let's talk about the Monarch that you made for the library. So I reached out to you after, I liked your Facebook page, can't remember why or when, um, but I love pottery, I love getting like mugs, homemade mugs and everything, and I saw your, your Facebook page, and then I saw you made a bee for Rotary Gardens. Mm -hmm. So we, as we were discussing for our story gardens, we want to bring in local arts and just make it fun and whimsical. And I thought about you, so I reached out to you um, to make something for our pollinator garden, for our story gardens. And you um, said yes, and we came up with, you came up with a monarch design. So um, you want to talk about the process of creating that from me reaching out to you to when we were here Thursday installing it. Sure. Um... The first thing I did uh, after you contacted me was do an inventory of everything that I had here and then make a list of everything that I needed to order. Um, I knew that it would be a struggle getting some things because of COVID, everything was taking longer, shipments is taking longer, things are sold out. Um, they actually had, the company where I get my clay had uh, two months that they were closed, so I was unable to get clay from directly from them, but I have um, some ties in the area to where I can reach out and get clay from other people. Mm -hmm. um, I have plenty at the house. I order it by like half tons or tons, so oh. I have a lot of clay. <laughs> um, but I sketched out uh, what I thought the design would look like. And of course, it's much different than what it looks like now. Yep. Um, things change during the process and ideas come up and things that work better, I usually go with those. Um, so after I did the sketch, I calculated how many tiles I was gonna need. And that's on just the average tile size, which is really difficult because there's so many different tile sizes right. in the Monarch. But I, I was like, you know, I'm just going to make them until I physically cannot make them anymore. So I probably made about a thousand tiles for the piece. Wow. Um, and those are all hand rolled. I roll out slabs, I texture them. Um, and actually the texture that you see there is a doily 
that was my grandmother's. I was going to ask because you use different things to make your textures mm -hmm. on your pieces. Yep, I do. And then awesome. the monarch, uh, the butterfly consists of some handmade sculptures and um, the leaf prints are actual uh, milkweed okay. leaves that I've printed or rolled into the clay and cut them out. That's awesome. So uh, the next step, I have to let everything dry and it takes days. So while those are drying, I was working on the board part of it where I cut out the shape of the mm -hmm. monarch. Um, I did a couple coats of primer and then spray painted the back of it so that it was uh, good for outdoor use. Um, and then the after everything is dry enough, I fire the kiln, which takes about eight hours. And then it's another 24 to cool down. Okay. Sometimes more, depending on how full it is. And this is actually the fullest I've ever fired the kiln was for this butterfly. Really? So okay. it, took, it took a day and a half to cool because okay. it has to be below 100 degrees to open it up. Okay. Um, then I glazed all the pieces, which is, you know, mostly uh, three coats of a commercial glaze. I used a lot of the orange and black. I did gloss and matte finished black just to kind of spice it up a little bit and give it a little more interest. Um, so fired it again. Like, that's over like 3,000 coats you put on the tiles then, huh? Yeah, it's a lot. It's wow. a, it really is a lot. And I, my family, they understand because once I get started, I don't want to stop. I yeah. just want to get it done. So I'm, I did it out in the sunroom this year instead of down in my basement studio. Yeah. And I, cause I, it was just a beautiful week when I was glazing. So I'm like, I just want to be outside. So the sunroom, I have a nice dining room table and I just layered it with yeah. tiles and just cranked them out. It's <laughs> awesome. So they got fired again. And then, um, I arranged them and I usually wait about 24 hours before I glue anything down. So I arrange them and then I go away for a little bit and then I come back and I'm like, no, I don't really like that. I rearrange them and try to fit more tiles in mm -hmm. um, and try to fit everything as tightly and as clean as possible. Um, then I used a construction adhesive, glued all those tiles down one at a time, let that dry and grouted it. It was about 24 hours later because okay. I have to let the, the glue cure and then grout it, polish all the tiles, and then I did finishing touches like the, the wire on the caterpillar. Yep. So when you create the design, because you have a thousand tiles, do you like draw out where each tile is going to be in the shape of it and everything, or you kind of make tiles? A little, a little okay. bit. So okay. I kind of have an idea of like, okay, I want large triangular tiles on the outside, small okay. ones on the inside, and then all the orange ones were all hand cut. Those were not like cookie cutters or anything like that. Sure. Those were just, um, I drew them on tag board, traced okay. the tag board and cut them out. And then I just invert, you know, flipped it over and did it in the other direction so that okay. they were facing opposite. Okay. Um, so down the center of the butterfly, you have the life cycle of a butterfly. Um, I remember the post that you had on Facebook about it. You were very excited about this idea. You want to talk about how you came across the idea and like um, making those little pieces. Sure. Um, my son is probably the inspiration for that. He loves bugs 
and we had milkweed in the yard and he was checking it every day because there was a little white egg on it. And unfortunately we did not get any caterpillars this year, um, but we have in the past. Okay. And it's not something that we typically plant. It just pops up in our front border and we just leave it. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of exciting to see were we going to get anything or not. And um, he just always inspires me with his love for nature and bugs. So that's why I, I was like, you know, this would be great for the children's uh, pollinator garden because it would teach kids about the life cycle and maybe get them interested in like looking at the leaves, looking, taking a closer look and knowing what to look for. Yeah, that's exactly what we want our garden to be is to be our learning space. So sure. that's perfect. <laughs> um, what does it feel like to complete something like this and knowing that so many people are going to enjoy seeing it? We've already had people looking for it even before it was installed. People were asking about it because they knew it was coming. And I'm sure that your bee at Rotary Gardens is visited quite often. Like, how does that feel to have your piece out there? Well, it's, it's a mixture of feelings. I mean, I feel honored and thankful um, and very proud because this is all I ever wanted to do from being in school. I just knew that I wanted to be an artist and a lot of people are like, oh, well, that's not really going to make you much money, but you know, the happiness I get from it is yeah. what's most important. Um, and I think everybody gets that. It was a struggle at first, but everybody yeah. understands that now, um, mm -hmm. especially my parents and my husband. I mean, <laughs> like, oh yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, they awesome. see that I have to do this. Yeah. I mean, I'm meant to do this and it does make them very proud too. Well, that's awesome. I suppose, is it sad to part with a piece that you spent? Because you said, you like you said, about 80 hours you spend on our monarch? Correct. So is so, it sad to part with a piece? <laughs> it is sometimes. So if I have a certain connection with a piece, it is hard, um, especially when they're auctioned off and I don't know where they go. Yeah. So the pieces that Rotary gets, I don't, after the auction, I don't see them again. That's why I go to the auctions. I kind of say goodbye to them and, <laughs> you know, meet the people that are going to be taking them home and, yeah just to give them any instructions, like if you need anything, call me. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, same with you guys. If you have any issues or questions with the Monarch, please call me. Um, I'm always willing to fix things, change things, you know. Yeah. So with the Monarch, you'll be able to visit it whenever you want because it's going to stay there forever. So do you like to visit your pieces and kind of take a look at them, see how they're doing? Yes, I'm very excited because this is my first install where I get to go and see it anytime I want. And my kids are already begging, can we please go to the library? I'm like, give me one more week. It's not up yet. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah. And I think, gonna... oh, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to come visit it on multiple occasions. They'll probably tell their friends and their families, hey, come to the library, take a look at this monarch. So that's awesome. Yeah, I really, I really hope so. Yeah. Is there anything you're working on right now? Yes. In the plants. So um, there's a company called White Flower, White, no, I'm sorry, White Fence Flower Company in Milton. Hopefully I'm saying that correct. Um, and I'm working on a commission for her. I'm going to be making some little bud vases and hooded pots for her beautiful stems. That's awesome. And then you always, you're selling stuff at Raven's Wish and Rotary Gardens, correct? Correct. 
and the Villager Gallery in Beloit has okay. a few of my pieces. Okay. Um, and I recently, because of COVID, I opened up an Etsy shop, which I will do updates um, when I have product. I, I'm going to try to kind of spread it out with everybody um, and have some, like if I make a batch of mugs, everybody gets a couple. Okay. Yeah, so you have lots of mugs, you do um, little owls, worry stones, um, your planters, kind of what else do you sell? Um, recently, I've, I've sold a lot of magnets. Um, that's probably my second best seller. My top seller is the worry stones. Okay, lots um, to worry about lately. <laughs> there is, and I, I sand the bottoms of those so that they're really smooth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why people buy them and started, I kind of have some people that collect them. And when I do new colors or new um, textures or different clay bodies, um, they're kind of fun to collect. That's awesome. So, that's awesome. And I do make soap dishes and other little trinket dishes for rings okay. and ornaments, lots of ornaments. Lots of ornaments. It's coming up. <laughs> Christmas yeah, is coming I up. Start those soon. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Heather, I thank you so much for creating something so beautiful for the library. Um, it will hopefully be installed soon, um, and then everybody can come take a look at it. Um, thank you so much for sharing your time with us and talking about um, your process and everything. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, just thank you so much for having me. Uh, this has all been a new venture, and I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you.